Corpus and I think she hit two home runs off of us. We were, she was like four for four with two jacks and but felt like, yeah, she was incredible. Wow. Well, there's a bunch that opted out this last MLB season too. I don't, I don't know who really, but I know there were a few. Yeah. Wow. Well, are you ready to get started? Yeah, whatever you need, brother. All right, let me do an official roll here. Welcome to Swing Smarter Monthly Newsletter. This is your host, Joey Myers from HittingPerformanceLab.com. And I have a, the pleasure today of returning the favor, Mr. Coach Justin Lewis. He had me on his podcast a few years back, and he has just moved here to California, actually specifically Fresno. He just got the head, uh, the hitting instructor job for Fresno State softball. So I want to first welcome you to the show and welcome you to California, Justin. Yeah, brother. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And yeah, the the, the tables have turned here. <laughs> well, in those days, you were still, I think, doing the firefighter gig and and you were looking to start to get your foot in the door for coaching and things like that. And so now you're you're the head uh, hitting coach for Fresno State softball. Yeah, it's kind of uh, kind of been a whirlwind the last three and a half years. Uh, I was driving a fire truck three and a half years ago. So uh, <laughs> when we last chatted and I, you know, what's funny about that podcast. I loved doing that podcast and I actually miss it a lot. Um, miss having great conversations, you know, with people like you, but I started it cause I wasn't having any luck getting back into the game mm-hmm. and was like, well, let's, let's start this little journey. And um and then I got the opportunity to kind of get back in. And yeah, this is my third school and uh, three and a half seat uh, going my fourth season now. So, so Trace is back there. So you, you started the podcast to try and get you, your foot back in the door in the game. So how did that, how did you get to where you are now? So how did that domino help you to get to where you're at? Yeah. I don't know that the podcast really helped me that much. I was, um, I was, I was working basically Mike Candre at university of Arizona is the one that really helped me out the most. Um, I was living in Tucson, um, driving a fire truck and, uh, but I was working on Mike's camps and that's really what, you know, helped me get in. And then, uh, Craig Nicholson was out of coaching and was looking to get back in and he took a division two job head job at, uh, Texas A&M Kingsville. And I had known him from, we were both at central Arizona college together. He was the head softball coach and I was coaching baseball there. And so we had a relationship and, uh, that that's kind of how it worked out. So, uh, yeah, I went to, went to Kingsville, took a team that hadn't been to the, uh, conference tournament in 10 years. We went to the conference tournament the first year. And then the second year went all the way to the D two world series and finished second, uh, got double dipped on the last day to lose it. It's kind of a rough one. I know those. Are uh, yeah. Yeah. But you know, D2, like, right. They're going to make you do a double header in the championship yeah. game. Come on. Yeah. Right. What are we doing? Like what um, we're doing in little league. Yeah. And so then uh, a friend of mine got the uh, head job at Texas A&M Corpus Christi, which is D1 school down there. And I was already living in Corpus Christi. So it was uh, an easy transition, got to sneak into division one ball and didn't even have to move. Hmm. Um, and then this opportunity came along and, it was just too good of an opportunity to pass up. And so, you know, being able to join a program that's, you know, firing on all cylinders and, you know, they were, they had a great, you know, run before COVID hit last year. And so uh, being able to join them and hopefully uh, come in here and not screw things up. <laughs> so how did, so how, was it just one of the few openings that came up Fresno state? Like, how did you, I mean, how'd you land here? I mean, it's a coincidence. Now, now you're here. We, we yeah. three and a half years ago. Now we're like right down the street. 
<laughs> right. I know it. Um, yeah, I just, it, it came open. I mean, it, they, they kind of went through the hiring freeze with, with COVID um, after the, the coach Lyle left. And uh, so it was just kind of a timing thing. And um, you know, I, I had some, some people that reached out to me and asked if I would be interested in it. And uh, I hadn't even really thought about it. You know, I wasn't planning on leaving where I was at. We were building, you know, we took over a, a team that had only won eight games the year before we got there. Yeah. And so we were kind of in our complete rebuild <laughs> and I was re really looking forward to bringing, um, you know, kind of going through that journey because we brought 13 new kids into Corpus this year and then had an amazing recruiting class coming in 2021. So I was super excited because that team is, is going to be nasty. So I was looking forward to being part of that. And I wasn't really leaving, like planning on leaving until, you know, I could get a, a, a head coaching job was kind of my goal. Yeah. Um, so I, I wasn't really looking to leave for another assistance role, but again, just the opportunity to come join a top 25 program uh, with the facilities that we have here. It was just, and, and as a hitting guy, you know, they got everything in the world you could want here. I haven't been to a school yet that's had any more technology than my cell phone. <laughs> so having uh, an indoor hitting facility with hit tracks and K motion and blast and everything we got. I mean, that's just, it was just kind of a ideal situation for us. So, yeah. So what do you do when you come into a program, like the last couple ones you talked about where they only won eight games as a hitting guy, where do you start? Like what's the, you know, that's a big challenge. So where do you start with that? <laughs> yeah. Um, just start with the basics, man. It, it, you don't even know where to, sometimes it's so overwhelming because it's, it's, you didn't recruit any of those kids. Right. So you didn't, when I recruit, like I try to recruit swings that I already love, mm -hmm. you know, because the NCAA limits us in time so much that we don't have time to do complete rebuilds of swings. It's just unrealistic. Right. And you're looking at it. That's even if the kids wants to, yeah. you know, so it's, it's, it's a lot of just, band-aids you know and, and try to make them as good as they can possibly be with what they're already working with you know and 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 at the end of the day like one of the reasons I recruit swings that I already love besides the timing factor is I don't want to take something away from a kid even if you make a change you still kind of took something from them right and yeah. so um to me mentally that does something to them but uh you know luckily we we were in situations where the those kids were hungry for any kind of knowledge and, and, and work ethic. And so it was just kind of lucky that uh, when I was at Kingsville, there was some really talented pieces that were in place and uh, we kind of fell into um, to, to a great situation. Um, so that was nice. And then the, yeah, the last year was a little rough just because there wasn't um, a whole lot of talent there, but just great kids that wanted to work and we were better. I mean, we were six and 16 um, when COVID hit and kids were gelling and starting to really, you know, buy in. And, and we probably would have won about 20 games was my, my guess, which doesn't sound great, but compared to eight the year yeah. before, uh, it was really, you know, kind of said something. So I, I was kind of sad for those kids to not get to finish off, you know, showing that, that we were better, but you know, the teams that we played could tell that we were definitely better. And we were, we were competing in games that, that they had no business competing in the year before. And, uh, snuck a couple of sneaky wins in over some teams that we had no business beating. And uh, so, yeah, yeah, you just, you know, miss it for those seniors that get, didn't get to finish it. But yeah, as, as far as just the hitting goes, it's, 
it was just tough, man. It was just putting in the reps with the kids that want to work and, um, you know, just trying to put it all together. Yeah. It makes it nice when they actually want to learn and want to get better and things like that. And that's, I always tell my, my dads or my buddies that say, Hey, do you want to get into college coaching or high school coaching or I'm, we're, I'm doing the little league thing by default. Cause my son's eight now. So hey, you we've been doing that, you know? Um, and I always tell them, I said, well, it's nice with the, the private small group stuff we do because all those kids want to be there. They all want to get better. And the parents want that as well. So when you say that you, and I know that makes it easier when you walk into a facility that, or a program that you haven't got to, like you said, recruit those hitters. Um, what you, you mentioned the kind of swings that you're looking for, what are the top, maybe one or two things that now say like Fresno state moving forward, when you guys start your recruiting bid, or maybe you guys are still kind of doing that now, what are you guys, what are you looking for? I, a couple things. The biggest thing I look for is I look for kids that already naturally keep their barrel in the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just, I mean, it's, it's, it's like the recruiting velocity for pitchers, right? It just mm-hmm. more room for error. And so kids that already naturally do that, that's like number one for me. And then it's, yeah, it's like, I mean, are we swinging the bat hard? I mean, you know, are we trying to do damage kids that just, you know, have this, eh, you know, it may look pretty, but there's no juice behind it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, and, and so, you know, and kids that are real spinny, I, I try to, avoid even if they look the part you know a lot of times in travel ball you get these kids that are five nine um big strong kid they're on the right travel ball team and they get enough bad pitching in high school and travel ball that they can make that swing work and so you better understand is that swing going to translate to this level where kids are upper 60s and painting corners like crazy and just you know 80 percent of our pitching is probably on the outside part of the plate and it's there for a reason because all these kids come in and I think as they're getting, as they're, as they're growing and getting older, they, and getting stronger, they, they realize that if I get going this way in a hurry, you know, spin it in one direction, I got a little bit of juice. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then that just doesn't translate when you get to this level. So right. naturally from, I just look for those kids that naturally just keep their barrel in the middle of the field. Well, and then the other thing in, in softball you know, you had the high fastball in baseball, but you have on the big field, 60 feet, six inches to see that ball come and travel. But in softball, it's 43 feet, right? Yeah. So you have less yeah. time. So the rise ball comes in. And when you have that spinny swing, typically what follows is that barrel gets in the zone way too early and drops because the minute that barrel leaves the shoulder, gravity starts taking over and rotational forces start taking over and drag the barrel down. So that rise ball becomes a challenge. Uh, yeah. Were you so the the past schools was that baseball or was that softball? Yeah, I've been I've been in softball ever since I got back. Uh, gotcha. Yeah, I played men's fast pitch for like fifteen years, mm-hmm. and that's kind of where I fell in love with the game. Yeah. Um, and and then it, I mean, I yeah, it was just kind of also I mean you look at it as like a business move if you looked at it just yeah. that way. Yep. I mean softball is to me, the way to go. I talk to baseball guys all the time. Like you got to get into softball. I mean, there's so much room for growth and Mm -hmm. there's so much dominant coaching, like just excellent coaching at all levels of of college baseball that, you know, I I was getting in as a, as a 40 year old assistant, like starting from the bottom, I wasn't 23, 24, right. I, 
I had to make a business decision as well. And, and, um, but it, it, it really, I mean, it wasn't just that it was, I love softball. Like after playing it and you see how, like how fast the game is compared to baseball, I have a hard time watching baseball anymore. It's just so slow and dry that, um, it doesn't even hold my attention. And so, yeah, I mean, it was, I love it. I love, I, I grew up with four older sisters. I got a wife and a daughter. Like I should have known, should have been foreshadowing years ago that I was going to end up coaching females, but I, I absolutely love it. I, I wouldn't trade it for, for baseball in a, in a heartbeat right now. There's no way I, I absolutely love it. Yeah. I love my boys. I love working with my boys, but the, the girls are a little bit more fun. They just, I, I think again, my boys are, they're sponges. They want to soak it in. They want to learn. They want to get better and some more than others, but it just seems like every girl that I've worked with, they just, it, they just want it a little bit more sometimes. Yeah. And, and it's fun. Yeah. It's, what, they're what great, think? man. I, I, I was nervous about it. Uh, I'll tell you a funny story. <laughs> my first day uh, or not my first road trip in Kingsville was kind of let me know that there's not a whole lot of difference between them either. Um, we we're driving, we're not 30 minutes down the road. And I hear this man who effing farted, you know, and I was like, <laughs> they're the same. <laughs> it's humans yeah they're the same i was like ah we're fine so yeah it, it there you know there there's some obviously particulars um where we got to be careful and and touching and hand placements and you know i I'll, yeah no more butt there no more butt slaps yeah no nah, none of none of that no no grab ass at all um yeah. you know you got to be particular where you stand and and it's, you know, especially once the, the relationship gets built and, and, you know, they understand that you're just there to help them. But I very particular, make sure I keep my distance. I mm -hmm. stand in front of them. Hey, is it okay if I touch your shoulders, if I want to try yep. to manipulate yep. them a certain way, same with their hands. Um, and, and that's, I got a, a about a three foot long PVC po uh, pipe for one of them. I need to, you know, get that, <laughs> understand that back hip, you know, it's like that right there, you know, and it's, <laughs> Instead of using so, your finger, you're poking them with the. <laughs> yeah, well, and with guy, you know, you I grab them if their hips were going a certain way. I grab their hips mm -hmm. and manipulate them the way you wanted to, but that's mm -hmm. just not an option. Exactly. So, yeah, that's a good uh, point. That's a good point, and and I think you coming from a female background, family wise, you understand that, and that's good for others to hear too, especially those that have daughters that are getting into softball, like like the little league version of softball and stuff. Sure, that's good to know. Um, on game planning. When you guys are doing any kind of, or do you guys do some kind of game planning? Do you have a strategy that you help the girls with? Like do you hunt, do you have them hunt in certain scenarios? How does that go? Yeah. I try to look at what the other pitcher's trying to do to us. Mm -hmm. um, I'm real big at, is she trying to like, what is she? Most of them are trying to throw strike one, right? So like, let's find out, can she throw strike one? Mm -hmm. And if she can, like, is that her, like, is that our best pitch to hit? And if it is like, to me, we got to go bang strike one. Um, if, if they have proven through scouting, whatever, that they're not great at throwing strike one, then let's, we can be a little bit more patient, but some of these, you know, some of these kids, I mean, they, I, I, I battle with these kids a lot because they, they, no one wants to hit down and away curveball running away from you at 68 miles an hour, <laughs> but that might be legitimately your best shot. Right. So like, if, if you're oh one now because you didn't want to go attack that pitch now most of them are just going to try to throw rise balls above your hands and mm -hmm. good luck with that mm -hmm. so uh i'm real big at let's find out if 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 strike one is an option for us and if it is we got to drop our egos and we got to go attack it 
Um, and then, uh, you know, I'm also real big into the, the one, one count is, is big for me too. Like, you know, it, it makes a big difference in that, that, that pitch, are we going two, one, or are we going one, two? And that's mm-hmm. just vastly different scenarios there. So, and pitchers tend to get into rhythm and pitch callers get into rhythms. And, you know, so I, those are two counts that I track the OO count and the one, one count, um, and just having an idea of what, what that, you know, rhythm and routine is. And if, if there's any patterns there, so yeah, that's I, and a lot of them, you know, at this level, the higher up you go in the division one, uh, the lower levels in D2, a lot of times you're just facing two pitch pitchers, you know, there'll be curveball, rise ball. Um, mm-hmm. The special one's got that third one, that, that change up. And if they got that, you're in trouble. So, mm-hmm. um, and, and the higher up we go, the, you know, you're facing kids that almost every kid's got that change up and, and maybe they got a fourth pitch. And so it's, uh, we start looking at what pitches can we eliminate. And to me, when I played and faced guys that were throwing absolute gas and had four devastating pitches, it was, I got to start eliminating some of these pitches. And, and how do I do that? And to me, it was, if I go hunt something down at my knees, the rise ball is a lot easier to take, mm-hmm. but I've got to be focused down in the zone. Yeah. Um, and so that's, I, I, I do a drill with our girls where I'll tell them in front toss, like, hey, every pitch is going to be at your kneecap to your shin and I want you to get down there and drive it. And we're not just going to pound ground balls running that pitch and they focus and it's always like their best round and it's mm-hmm. they're super focused on it. And then about three quarters of the way through that round, I'll throw one up at a, at their chest level and they take it effortlessly. Mm-hmm. And then I'll talk about it afterwards. Hey, that was a great round. Why do you think you did so good? I was focused. Oh, what's some <laughs> mind blowing stuff here, you know? <laughs> and then I, and then I'll ask them, Hey, like I threw that ball up, kind of simulated a rise ball. How easy was that to take? Man, it was really easy. Well, how come? Well, I was focused down in the zone. Mm. Mm, shocking. Yeah. Okay. So um, that, and that was just, you know, from me having to do that over and over again and chasing my fair share of rise balls uh, through the years. And so that's, um, that's what I try to get through to them. And, and it would just, we, we face so many rise ball pitchers mm-hmm. um, that, that that seems to be the key for us do you guys ever switch your plan and go and hunt the rise ball at all like rise ball obviously up to a certain limit right you're not swinging at one that's up here but sure you guys yeah ever flat, flat rise balls go a long way uh-huh. you know? <laughs> so uh, yeah and and you know what was interesting is this summer or during quarantine um a bunch of us hitting coaches got together on a weekly zoom call it was awesome there was probably as many as 28, 29 of us um, every week from all the top programs and some of the, I mean, just JUCO programs and like at all different levels and, and everyone sharing their information. And one of the coaches was kind of like his approach sometimes is like, Hey, let's, whatever their strength is, let's go hunt that. Yeah. That was kind of a, yeah. You know, something I hadn't really thought about was like, why would I go look for their worst nastiest pitch, you know? And, 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 (laughs) You know, when we start looking at a lot of the statistics that some of these guys, some of these guys really get into the weeds with this, uh, with the tracking of some of this stuff, they have the technology to do it. And, you know, they, they, they still miss, they still miss, you know, and we got to be ready for it. We're, we're acting a lot of times like pitchers never miss mm-hmm. and they do at all levels. Even the greatest ones miss right in the middle of the plate a lot. Mm-hmm. So um, certainly made me question and, and made me think a little bit more about it. Have you ever dug into Perry husband stuff? Uh, even mm-hmm. effective velocity. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. So he's gotten yeah. really Go ahead. 
No, go ahead. I was, I was just getting really big into this, the fast pitch softball world. And he's worked with, I think some of the top five programs when it comes to both the hitters and the pitchers. So if it's the hitters, it's the hunting. If it's the pitchers, they're, they're moving their pitches around in the zone to take advantage of the discrepancy between how close the ball is versus how far it is away. So that, that was a big one for me from a hitting perspective, because now I have to counter that. And how do we counter that? And you, and like he says, it's like a wide receiver trying to cover two or a cornerback, uh, two cornerbacks, one cornerback trying to cover two wide receivers, right? And if both wide receivers run a similar route, one's a deep route and the other one's like a, a deep post, he can just kind of hang out in the middle, read the quarterback and then just peel off whenever the quarterback goes and releases the ball. But the problem happens when you have one wide receiver that goes deep and you have another one that does like a, a, a 10 yard cut in, in the middle. And now that cornerback has to decide, do I need to defend the deep ball because I don't have a safety behind me to help or, or can I peel off and go inside? And so with the pitching, same idea, right? If, uh, if you guys got facing a lot of rise ballers, like this coach is saying, is that why not, why not hunt their best stuff and, and teach the girls how you get to that rise ball and crank on it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. No, they, and one of the things, I mean, with, with softball, I mean, you're, you're not like baseball, you know, you're different arm slots, everything yeah, like yeah. that. That's not a thing in softball. And so everything's coming out of one spot. And so the ability for these pitchers to have everything busting out of one plane, different directions. Yeah. It's nasty. Like I don't, (laughs) some of these kids are just filthy with, 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 with what they do. And, and yeah, um, I think uh, the EV stuff in softball is just barely scratching the surface right now. Mm -hmm. Now, when you, so pitch recognition, like you mentioned is a little tougher softball because it's coming out of it seems like the same slot do you guys have do you do pitch recognition stuff with the girls and if you do how do you do that I don't dabble with it much um again we're so especially right now where Fresno State didn't even have a fall yeah so, right <laughs> you know it's it's like fire ready aim right now yeah um, it's a little, little advanced for <laughs> yeah it's it's just trying to get reps right now and and fix any you know some of these kids have been off for 10 months and yeah. they're relying on what kind of work they put in. Um, luckily at this level, most of these kids have, have still been putting in work, but they haven't seen live pitching mm-hmm. in 10 months, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so so what's your it, strategy just, with that? So talk to that because there's a lot of coaches out there dealing with the same thing, both baseball and softball, where their hitters may or may not have been working over, over the term, but they obviously haven't been getting a lot of lives. So how, how are you guys are starting? When's the first game of the season? Uh, it's like the 20, or 12th, I think February 12th, something like that. We got like 23 days. So yeah, so you got less than a month. So what, what, how do you guys attack that? So you're getting ready in a short amount of time. So what, what's high priority right now? Yeah, there's, there's no, uh, there's no manual for this, right? I mean, this is <laughs> something we've never really had to do. You're yeah, so we, we, yeah, we started um, the first week. We weren't, we didn't know what, what our athletes were going to come in like. We didn't know what <laughs> shape they were going to be like. And you kind of have to move as your slowest runner. Right. So it's, uh, we just brought them in and kind of did like an individuals the first week and come down, let's just hit for an hour and, and see where everybody's at, you know, and then me, I'm coming in with, I don't know any of these kids. And so it's, I, it's trying to build that relationship quickly. And I just wanted to see what they're trying to accomplish with their swings. And, um, so yeah, it was just kind of, we're still just kind of tracking them along slowly. We're kind of hitting the ground running now, just started team practice and, and kind of revving up those, those, the amount of swings and the amount of kind of work we're, we're trying to do. Uh, fortunately we have two GAs and a pitching coach that all throw 
full arm. Okay, so, cool. Yeah, that that it, there's no there's nothing that that is better than that. We my first year at Kingsville, it was just me and the head coach, and neither one of us threw. Um, and and our kids' timing issues were evident, right? Like our first quarter of the season was like we're late, 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 late on everything. And um, the next year we played one of our brought in a GA basically that threw nonstop for us and it made a, the world of difference. And mm-hmm. um, then in my uh, school last year the, at Corpus Christi, both uh, the head coach and the pitching coach both threw a lot. So um, now having three here, yeah, we're kind of spoiled. Yeah. It makes a huge difference. And, and we haven't even started with the pitchers as far as seeing like, you know, live pitching, but I, I think it's coming mm-hmm. pretty soon because we don't have a choice. You know, yeah. we got to get them as many looks as we can. Or so, any yeah. Go ahead. No, I was just saying, right there, there's just no playbook for it. And I, I'm interested, you know, talking to to buddies across the sport, seeing, you know, what everyone's doing to, to get ready, but also keeping in mind that a lot of them had falls. Yeah. And so they're kind of building off of what they did in the fall to where we're just kind of getting started. So, and I'm really interested as far as a coaching uh, perspective to see if it even matters. That's what yeah. I'm really interested in. You know, it's like, the ultimate experiment. Yeah, we we were so in Corpus Christi. You know, we had uh, our fall cut short because of COVID, and uh, we lost the last two and a half weeks of the fall. Mm-hmm. And I, we we're just getting into bunt defenses and first and thirds and all that kind of stuff, and boom, taken away. Mm-hmm. And so we're feeling very unprepared. And then as I was interviewing for this job, like, we've had no fall. I was like, well, I don't feel so bad anymore. <laughs> Um, but, and I, I'm just wondering, you know, as coaches, we always feel like we're, we're not prepared enough. Right. Mm-hmm. And we've got to do that bunt slap defense for the 9 millionth time. And our kids are like, I got it. We got yeah. it. You know? And it's like, so I'm interested to see how much it matters that we didn't have a fall mm-hmm. and, and it may, I mean, I'm sure it's going to matter a little bit here and there, but I have a sneaking suspicion that it may not matter as much as we I, think it is. I agree. I agree. And it'll be interesting on the hitting and the timing and all that kind of stuff too, with minimal prep time to see. And, and, and I think the experiment really is, is it the amount of work you're putting in or is it the, the software, right? The, that's the hardware, the software in the brain is how long does that take to really actually get it? Uh, and yeah. at this level, you're talking about higher level cream of the crop hitters. So <laughs> you're talking about better software at that point. So it would be interesting to see how that goes. Yeah. I mean, the NFL just kind of showed us like, they didn't have any training. Camp. I mean, they had their training camp, but they didn't play any preseason games, right? Yeah. Completely different. And I watched a lot of games that kind of looked like the NFL to me. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm sure the, the coaches would disagree with that and, and, you know, point to numerous areas where they, you know, fell short because they didn't feel like they were prepared. But, you know, I mean, I'm sure we're going to miss a, we're going to screw up a, a cuts and relays, you know, Mm-hmm. early and maybe we miss a couple bunt defenses or whatever but at, at the end of the day I'm I'm, I'm interested I, I and I mean look at the recovery side for the student athletes right yeah. like you know baseball and softball players can traditionally claim to be some of the most overworked athletes around just because there's no stopping right especially you know, those college baseball players when they go off in the summer and they're just just that grind right uh yeah. softball doesn't really do that they've started a, a summer league here and there getting to be a little bit more popular but um we may have the freshest athletes we've had in a long time and i'm interested to see how that plays yeah and, and if if you get out of the gate screaming 
uh, like you said, they're fresh they're, and then they kind of hit their stride and then the kind of subsides a little bit. Yeah. I'd be interesting. We'll, we'll, we'll definitely be staying in touch. Cause I, for me too, I'm, I'm learning. Uh, I mean, I've had my hitters coming and seeing me and I, I just felt bad for them when we shut down and I just felt like they had about, I think two or three weeks into the high school season when it, when it shut down here as about March, April, something like that. And my hitters were, poised to do really well do really big things and it just got shut down so then you know we do our share of little games of random pitch and and whatnot and but it's just not enough of the reps yeah. so like you said it'll be interesting to see how that goes yeah it's it's and and like you know same the fall can be a grind of, you know you're looking at like the mental grind of the whole season that includes the fall and the spring and I mean, our kids are just chomping at the bit to be back and be around their teammates. And so again, like from a mental health standpoint as well, like mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm curious about a lot of things. And I, I think it's, um, you know, it, it may change, you know, the world has changed clearly. Right. Like yeah. I was always, I'm always fascinated about things that change the world. And um, you know, after nine 11, we, we haven't worn, shoes through airports and years right and it's just yeah. normal now <laughs> and, and so now it's it's i'm, I'm interested to see what, what other ways the world has changed because of all this yeah exactly well hey i want to be respectful of your time anything that besides uh the congratulatory on getting the new job and being closer to me and all this stuff any anything you're working on outside of uh trying to get this band of of uh elite athletes to where they need to be and I, I'm just, I just try to learn all the time. Um, take everything I can. I mean, I read way more than I probably should right now. My family's not out here. They're still in Texas. So um, it's, it's softball and, and just trying to get better at, at everything. I mean, there's, you know, I, I've, couple of books that I read recently you know I, I always put out a, a reading list every year. I keep track of all the books that I read and, and my two best are unlearn by humble, the poet, Mm -hmm. and think like a monk by jay shetty those are my two best that i read all those yeah yeah both those are those were amazing books um and then just looking to ways to to apply it and um you know always the the, the ultimate hunt for becoming a, a better coach and a better leader and a better husband and father and mm -hmm. um and amazing how much i think i fall short on that from time <laughs> to time so uh, yeah, that's, that's really been it, man. Just trying to adapt to, to this area and, and these kids and, um, you know, just trying to serve them in the best ways I possibly can. And, you know, it's all about them. And as long as we keep that attitude, good things are going to happen here. Very cool. Yeah. And that's what I like about you. You got that growth mindset and those coaches, you always want to be around those kind of coaches because they're willing to say when they're wrong, they're willing to, to keep learning and that kind of thing. And I think if you're not falling short, I think you're not doing something right. <laughs> You've got to be setting those goals out there far enough that, yeah, sometimes you do reach them, but, but sometimes you don't. And that keeps you going. So I think that you have all the, the formula of a, of a great growth mindset at coach. So I appreciate everything you guys are doing and take care of my girls. I won't mention their names, but take care of them out there. Uh, uh, you, to, you got a couple, you got a couple good ones, man. They're some yeah. of my favorites. They're, they're talking about growth mindset, those two. Um, and, and the older one, again, I won't mention her name. She is, she's a sweetheart and she is, she's one that you'll definitely want to lean on with recruiting because she is just yeah. likable, networky, uh, bubbly uh, personality. She's awesome. 
She she's a she's a rock star. She actually broke my PVC wall yesterday. Uh oh. And uh, yeah, I've never had one explode like this, which is how hard this kid swings the bat, right? She's a little ball of terror. Yeah. And uh, exploded this thing, and <laughs> and then like the rest of the kids that came through to the station, they're like, well, of course it was her that broke it. Like I was like, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, absolutely like, you know, the one that broke it. You no, know, when you mentioned her name, yeah, she uh. She gained, I think I told you this, she gained like 10 miles. And it was all, it was all her. I mean, I was, I always say I'm a compass in the flashlight in the dark, right? Absolutely. You have to put the work in. And that summer she worked so hard and she went from like a 70, a 67 or 65 mile an hour ball exit speed with a softball to 75 uh, plus in, in three months or two and a half months, however long that we were working together and stuff. I mean, she's just a hard worker. It's so, yeah, it, work with it, those kind of it comes off her bat in a hurry. And, yeah. uh, you know, when, when she's, when she keeps that barrel in the middle of the field, man, it's nasty. Mm -hmm. And she came she, in to think that she was taught her whole life before she got into college to slap the ball, slap, slap, yeah. slap, 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 slap. And then she, then I think they had a coaching change after her freshman year. That's who recruited her to slap. And then they, the new coach that comes in says, you know what, we're not slapping, we're, we're driving. And she didn't know how to do that because she'd been taught her whole life to slap. So, you know, now to think how far she's come, it's, it's great. I mean, it's great to see that. So, so proud of her and, and, uh, and, and, you know, you're going to be taking care of them. So she's, yeah, she's amazing. She's been a, a big, uh, help in, in my transition here. Both of them have actually, I mean, yes. the other one, I got to go, we had a day off and you know, the other ones, uh, uh, cause they're both kind of local kids. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Getting all the spots where I got to go hiking and everything yeah. else. So it's, uh, yeah, they've been taking care yeah, of me. They're, they're good people. They're both great. Both great. And I'm sure, and I met, haven't met the other girls, but I'm, I'm sure they're, they're great too. So, yeah, it's, and it's a diverse group of kids here, man. I love it. Like there is, they're all different walks of life and, and just getting to hear their stories and uh, what they're about is, is it, that's what, it, you know, I, I come back to coaching. I say it all the time. Like I love hitting and I spend way too much time thinking about it and studying it and swing, trying to fix swings in the middle of the night when I'm <laughs> sleeping. And, but really it's, it's the, the kids and the, you know, trying to help them, you know, use my experience to help them become the people they were meant to become is, is really why I came back to it. And, and I, I need that interaction more than they need me. And <laughs> if they ever find that out, they'll get rid of me, but they don't uh, realize it now they'll realize it later, but it's not yeah. about softball, right? It's about life. You're teaching them life through softball. And that's, that's, I agree with you. That's why I do it and continue to do it is your mentoring. It's, it's a, yep. for you, like you said, you're getting more out of it probably than they realize. Although when they get older, and they start, you know, getting families and stuff, they'll say, oh, Coach Justin, man, he was really pouring into me. And I learned actually a lot from him. But at the time, they didn't realize it. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> all right, brother. Well, hey, keep up the good work out there. Good luck with all the, the COVID happenings. I know we talked right before we started recording about uh, yeah. all your stuff out there. So stay safe and healthy and um, well, let's uh, let's get let's get together. Let's get you over at the facility soon. and Let's whack it around a little bit. I would love it. I would love it. Awesome, brother. All right, Coach Justin, we'll see you, bud. You got to take care. Take care.